Welcome to Igris Moshe A to Z. I'm Rabbi Dov Linzer, and this week we're looking at Qvot relating to G, gender. In this episode, we'll look at two Qvot back-to-back on the topic of can a woman serve as a mashkiach, or mashkicha, as somebody to supervise the kashrus of a restaurant. And this is dated March 1960. So this is not something from the sort of contemporary feminist context from March 1960. Um, and it's in Yoridea 2, 44 to 45. Can you appoint a woman to be a mashkiach on kashrus? Um, and he, this is Tetshuva to Baruch Aaron Pupko. And he says, Regarding the, woman, the widow, So she was married to a... Torah scholar or Torah student who was a mashkiach on kashrus, and now her husband has died, and she has no husband left behind, no money, um, and she doesn't have a job to take care of, the, of her children. And she's a modest woman and truly God-fearing. Interesting why he said that, so that we should know that she'll do a good job in terms of kashrus, or to know that this is not coming from some type of a feminist uh, women's liberation motivation. It's not clear. We'll get back to that point later. But he says, she is God-fearing, truly God-fearing, and she's wise and, you know, intelligent, and she knows how to take responsibility. Anybody could rely on her. That she could take her husband's position. She knows the halachot. She'll be able to support herself and her children. You wanted to know my opinion. So Rav Moshe now discusses it from two perspectives. Number one, um, is a woman have believability when it comes to speaking about the kashrus of a place? Um, and the obvious answer is yes, um, but he'll discuss that. And then, is there a problem of assigning a woman in a position of authority, something of srara? So regarding the first question, I mean, some of us will be asking, like, of course, you know, husbands eat in their wives' home, their wives take care of the kashrus, they buy all of the food and so on. Of course women are believed. Why shouldn't women be believed? And this is also quite clear in the Gemara, that the principle of Eid Echad Neman Bi'isurin, even one witness is believed about kashrus issues, applies uh, equally to men and to women. So he says, when it comes to the issue of trustability, of being able to trust the person, a woman is believed. The whole source of the principle that we believe one person is from the fact that the Torah says that the woman counts her days before going to the mikvah and the husband trusts her that it's her seventh day and she's going to the mikvah. So the whole principle starts with a woman. So of course a woman is believed. He then though does spend some time that there's a discussion in the Gemara in one place checking for chametz um, or in one other place about Tchumim, about the outer limit that one could go on Shabbat, where it seems like the rabbis only believed a woman because uh, it was a rabbinic issue. And Rav Moshe points out how this really was uh, a very special case and we needed that justification because the principle that a woman is believed, or that anybody is believed, woman and man equally, requires that in a situation of itchazek isura, when you know that something started off as prohibited, like an animal needed to be shecht, the meat needed to be salted, you knew that was a problem, you're only believed if it's biyada, if you have the ability to control 
control the situation. Something that didn't start off as forbidden, I went to a store and I bought the kosher meat and not the non-kosher meat, that you don't need biada, um, but something, uh, that is biada anyway, but if something started off as being a problem, you would need it to be biada, and that was the special concerns there, I won't go into the details, but the general rule is a woman is believed equally um, to a man. Now, in the context of discussing this issue of is it biada or not in this case, and is supervising a, being a mashkiach, presumably of a restaurant, although it might also be a factory, is that an issue of nitchazik isura, presumption that there's a problem? Because the job of a mashkiach is to prevent any problem from coming about. It's not that there's a problem that needs to be solved. So here Rav Moshe says interesting thing, both about whether the woman can control it and whether it's nitchazik isura. When it comes to the hashkach over kashrut, that is biyada. So not to allow tray food to enter in. And also, there's no chazkat isra. You didn't start, A, she controls the situation, and B, you didn't start with any uh, problem to begin with. Now, why do you have to say that? Because maybe it's not totally biyada. So much says, here's why it might not be biada totally. Because maybe, you know, sometimes you have a very violent owner or a powerful owner of the establishment, and they're not going to listen to something that an employee says. Maybe specifically a woman won't be able to project the type of authority a man does. He, he sort of suggests that, doesn't exactly say that. So maybe the ability to control the owner is, now you could always remove the kashras, but it's not totally under your control. It's only totally under your control if the person is positioning themselves as submitting to your authority. So Rav Moshe says, but nevertheless, it's not itchazek isura, because what you are doing is even though you're giving a hashgacha to people that themselves are maybe not Jewish, don't keep kosher, that doesn't make it itchazek isura, because there's no trefus in the restaurant. You are just making sure that none enters. And therefore, it is not a problem of and therefore, of course, a woman is believed equal to a man when it comes to kashrus. Now, he ends this part by saying that it is true that there's a Magin Avram who says that a woman is only believed in her home and not out of her home. But Rav Moshe says that's only for a particular reason. He says, to say they're only believed in their own home, because it's their responsibility. So they are believed in something, again, that they are assuming responsibility for. Even if they're supervising out of their home, if they're assuming responsibility, it's just like they're believed in their own homes. The Imkain, Kishaparnasatame Hashkacha, Hare Rami that when she is getting her salary from the Hashkacha, this is her responsibility. And therefore, Shalomi Tove Osezo, she's not doing it as a favor. So therefore, she is, of course, believed, woman believed, equal to a man. And if Ramosha says, and just look at history, you know, things, you know, in all, every day and in all generations, that they would hire 
hire women to cook and to buy and to prepare food, you know, not just for their husbands. You know, they'd be hired maybe by the community or they would cook for other people and they would get paid. And they would rely on them. And this is not a problem. They're hired and it's their responsibility. And of course, it's funny because a lot of questions that come up sometimes nowadays, oh, can a woman do this? Is a woman allowed to do that? You know, in the past was never an issue, but because now there's this great heightened sensitivity around, you know, feminism and so on, all of a sudden these things are now seen as potentially more threatening than they were in the past. So now a woman taking a role as a mashkiach, oh, maybe that's too much of a position of authority. And Rav Moshe says, look, from the Nehmanus perspective, don't try to argue it from the Nehmanus perspective. Women were always believed in that capacity. But now he turns to the second issue, which is the Sarara issue. Now the Sarara issue is something that one's here a lot nowadays. Can a woman play a certain role? Is this considered a position of authority? Now, why is that a problem? Well, everybody quotes Rambam that says that, number one, when it comes to being a king, it can only be melech velo malka, only a male king, and we can't have a queen. And then Rambam expands this and says, And similarly, it's true for all issues of authority in the Jewish people that this is something that can only be men and not women. Now, this starts in Rambam. Rambam, number one, makes the point about king and not queen. Um, it's true it's based on a sifrei, but it's not quoted in, it's based on a sifrei, but it's not quoted in the Gemara. But certainly the expansion to kol sraros Yisrael, any position of authority, is something that is not based on any source. And Rav Moshe says this. He says, V'tzarich lomar atzmo, that this is the Rambam's own logic, k'moshe darshinan l'komisimot like the Gemara says that any assigning of positions of authority can only be from amongst your brethren, and therefore we say that in the Gemara about a ger, about a convert, about positions of authority, and if you'll remember in an earlier episode we discussed how Rav Moshe tried to radically limit uh, the scope of that uh, issue for a convert. So by a convert we say can't be in any positions of authority, but this never appears in the Gemara about women. Um, nevertheless, this is Rambam's position. So would this be a problem? Is this a position of authority? Sheriff Moshe says, you know what, according to Rambam it would be a problem because a position of authority does not mean that it has to be an honored position of status and so on. When the Gemara discusses that issue with a, a ger, it speaks about even a more lowly type of a position. But authority means that if the phrase that Rav Moshe uses is, is neged ratzon balabayas, that you have the ability to do something, you know, and impose it on others against their will. And therefore, in this case, you can remove the hashkacha, say the restaurant is trafe, prevent them from bringing certain food into the restaurant. That is a position of power and authority. And therefore, according to the Rambam, yes, it would be forbidden. But, says Rav Moshe, who says everybody agrees with Rambam? So Rav Moshe says, You should not appoint a woman. But it seems to me that Rambam's position is not unanimous. And he points to a chinuch who quotes the sifrei that Melech Malka, you can't have a queen, you can only have a king. We did have two queens in our history, but separate discussion. Anyway, but then when the Chinuch extends it and uses this concept about kominuyim, all positions of appointment, in some other context, he does not 
put, talk about that extension when it comes to the issue of women. So sort of by the Chinuch discussing this ex- extension and discussing women only in the context of king and queen, seems like he feels women can be in a position of authority. And then he references Tosfos and Iran and multiple Rishonim, Rashi and so on, from all of whom it appears implicitly that they have no problem with a woman being in a position of authority. They do not agree with Rambam. And remember, Rambam's extension is not based on any source. So therefore, Rav Moshe concludes, the Kane, Tzarech Iun Shitas Rambam, Rambam's position is difficult because he also says that if the way the verse is phrased, the extension makes sense in the case of a ger, because, but it does not make sense in the case of a woman if you look closely at the phrasing of the verse. So A, Rambam doesn't have any text to support, and B, it's actually difficult in terms of parsing the verse, and three, that itself would not be enough if everybody agreed to Rambam, but many, many Rishonim don't agree with Rambam. For a great need, we feel to allow this widow to support herself. So you can rely on those that disagree with Rambam, and to appoint her in the place of her husband. Now, Rav Moshe says there is a way to solve this problem, even according to Rambam. And how would you do that? What you would do is, you would have it be that not the woman is giving the hashkacha, but the rav of the town or of the shul is giving the hashkacha, and the woman is his employee. So the ultimate authority lies with the rav and not with the woman. And even if the woman is telling people, you can't bring this in, and I'm, and I'm you know, I'm going to remove the hashkacha, ultimately she is doing it as a representative of the rav, and the authority lies in the hands of the rav. And therefore, if Moshe says, if you can do it this way, then it is permissible, it is not considered a position of authority. Um, it's interesting, you know, when you think about issues like nowadays, about like women taking positions in terms of psak and so on, is a woman positioning herself as a poseket, as a yoetzet, like where ultimately is one saying the authority lies and here of Moshe is saying not everybody agrees to Rambam so it's quite possible a woman can be in a position of authority um, and even if you do there's a way to frame it that ultimately the authority is held by the Rav. Now, in the next tshuva, which isn't dated, but seems to have come out soon after, Rav Moshe responds to a, apparently what was a scathing critique of his position uh, because of a concern that this would have uh, terrible societal consequences. So here it is, 1960, and there's a concern here about opening the floodgates to women's liberation and feminism by saying that, you know, we don't have to always rely on the Rambam and that you can, that a woman could have a position of authority. And here's what he writes. This is now number 45. So you, you are the editor of Hamaor, which was a Torah journal, which was um, much uh, read um, in the time of Rav Moshe. So he says, You are excusing yourself that you disagree with me. Again, Rav Moshe being welcoming uh, critique. Why are you uh, apologizing? Everybody has to believe, you know, com- conclude the truth as they see it. Um, and that's the responsibility of a posek. And if you conclude other than me, you don't have to apologize. You should uh, voice your opinion. And he says, Maybe you're apologizing not for having a different position than me, but for being very harsh in the way you spoke about me. Everybody who knows me, it's known. I don't take any personal offense. So notice, he's not saying you didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> no, you were totally okay. No, he's saying, 
I don't take any offense. Chas v'shalom al shum adam, b'kol shekein haktam et chacham. And therefore he says, okay, nechtav rak I'm not going to relate to all the rhetoric and the critique. I'm just going to talk about the actual substantive sort of uh, feedback, you know, or disagreement that you presented. Now, what was the disagreement? He says, that I raised questions about Rambam's positions, and I said I didn't know any source for it. And not everybody holds this way. So you said, you, you were critical of this. You said what? You would say, oh my God, this is going to be a terrible stumbling block. Israel. <laughs> now they're going to have women as presidents in the state of Israel. So this was before Golda Meir, and of course the first thing that they were going to do in the Knesset was follower of Moshe's Psach, and this was the only thing standing between them and electing a woman president. Anyway, that was the critique, number one. So he says, first of all, we have no responsibility to how the government acts in Israel. They don't follow halacha in general. Nobody cares. It could be an explicit verse in the Torah. Nobody cares whether I'm Paskin whether a woman could have a position of authority. Now, you had another problem, and maybe this is more, you know, is more substantive. America. Now you're afraid, oh, wait a minute. But now a woman could have a position of authority. Maybe you can have a woman as a show president. And it was, uh, you know, for many, many years, and even till today, it's hard to find uh, women as show presidents in Orthodox shows. I'm not concerned that that will be a stumbling block. Now, why are you not concerned? Because you could say, okay, big deal. What's the mishal? It's not against halacha, relying on the positions against Rambam. But that's not what Rav Moshe says. He does, it, it is clear he thinks that it would be a problem for a woman to be a shul president. But he says, it's not, it's not going to happen. So he says, because the shuls won't act without the psak of a rav, and a rav is going to know that you only rely on the position against the Rambam in great need, and normally you have to go by Rambam's position, and therefore no problem will occur. Now, it does not seem on the face of it that Rav Moshe is saying, oh, it would be terrible to have a woman as a show president. The only problem would be it's not the way it seems to be justified as the case of the widow who needs to support her children in this circumstance to rely on the positions other than Rambam. And he says, as long as Rabbanim are involved, they'll make sure it keeps to halacha. Shaleka and this is a theme he's going to repeat. He says, there is, God forbid, no stumbling block from just clarifying what the actual halacha is. Um, you know, which from here, we are hearing another point, which is like, you have to say the true halacha anyway. But he's saying, even if we were to be concerned about maybe not being totally transparent, um, nevertheless, there's no practical, anything bad is going to come out of this. And then Rav Moshe actually critiques the one who wrote this critique on him and says, I'm I'm not so sure that your concern about women and so on is really totally your concerns are in the right place because he says if we ask ourselves what is worse to have in a, who is worse to have in a position of authority a woman or somebody who's not really from and shomer mitzvos says clearly halachically, somebody who's not from and Shomer Mitzvah is a much bigger problem than having a woman in a position of authority. And he says, nobody seems concerned about that. You know, many show presidents were not Shomer Shabbos, even in Orthodox shows. So if you were really concerned about the halachic issues, you would be really worked up about having non-Yirei Shemayim and Shomer Mitzvah as in these positions of authority. So it seems that something else is going on here. And what's really beautiful about this is he's having no truck with this issue about, oh, the meaning 
meaning in society if we allow women to, to play this role? He's saying only look at it through a halachic lens, and therefore women are actually preferable to a lot of people that you have as show presidents, and if those were the only two choices you had, you should elect a woman, Rav Moshe says explicitly. He says, This issue of these non from people you don't consider to be a stumbling block. And just to clarify the halacha, that a woman could play this role, that, oh my God, that's a terrible stumbling block. If there was a, an appointment that had to be made, and your choices were, either a non-believer and sinner, man, or a woman who is observant and a believer, he says, and there was nobody else to pick, he says, you have to do everything you can to ensure that the woman has the position. So let's make sure we have our priorities in the right place, and that we're looking at this through a halachic lens and not through some other lens. And then he continues and says the following, Those that are critiquing this, it's nonsense, it's not coming from a true place of piety, it's coming from some other concern, and I'm astounded that you give any truck with their, with, with this critique. And you thought that you are now going to publish, presumably in your journal, you have published this whole critique against me and and you thought, oh, you have to do this to remove the stumbling block. And there's not even the slightest concern of a stumbling block. You shouldn't have spent a penny on publishing, you know, such nonsense in your journal because this is something that is certainly not of true piety and coming from somewhere else. And then Rav Moshe goes back to the point that we heard the constant refrain of mevarer the halacha. And he says, by the way, even if there were a michshol, you have to be honest with what the halacha is. And here's what he says in this paragraph. We have an obligation to make it clear what the halacha is. Even if it would be true that that would lead to maybe some negative consequence. For some idiots, okay? Some people are going to twist our words. We don't have to worry about it. It's our obligation to paskin the halacha as it is, as the truth as we know it. And he quotes the famous Gemara of Ki Yisharim Darche Hashem, Tzadikim Yelchubam Uposhim Yikash Lubam. So the righteous will go in them and the sinners will stumble. We don't have to be worried about those that will twist our words and stumble. Ubir Hadin Af Lukula, clarifying the halacha and being true to the halacha, even when it leads to a lenient position, that is a great obligation regarding learning a Torah. And that's what it means, we do our responsibility, we are true to the halacha, we don't misrepresent halacha for certain societal goals. We are true about what the halacha is and don't start talking to me about whatever those other issues are that you were dealing with. So in these two vote, Rav Moshe lays out the issue of a sroer for women, which has gotten a lot of play nowadays, and makes it clear that the Rambam's position does not have a clear basis, seems to go, be against certain uh, sources, and certainly many Rishonim disagree with Rambam. In the second Shuvah, he continues to d- demonstrate the Rishonim that disagree with Rambam, and he allows one to not worry about the Rambam and rely on that um, 
certainly in a case of great need. And he says that, you know, it could be relied on other times as well. And if we really cared about Srara, we would care about other issues. And one really has to look at this through a halachic lens and not let other agenda sort of sully the conversation. Thanks for listening to Igris Moshe A to Z with Rabbi Dov Linzer. This podcast is brought to you three times a week by Shivat Chovevei Torah. Don't forget to subscribe and check out yctorah.org to learn more.